Welcome to the Asians Redefining Their Success podcast, where Asian professionals share their stories of breaking boundaries and switching into more creative and unconventional careers. I am your host, Yangshi Zhou. Welcome back. So, like I mentioned in the last episode, in honor of Women's History Month, I've invited a couple of my clients who just started their businesses and made their first K and beyond within three months to share their insights, mindset shifts, and behind-the-scenes stories with you. Each of them is really breaking barriers and making history right now, not just for themselves but also for the whole. Entrepreneurship field as what's possible as an Asian and a woman of color. So, this week I have the amazing Kim DeGracia with us. Kim is a PhD scientist turned copywriter and launch strategist who helps medical professionals launch their online courses with confidence and ease. Thanks to coaching and her personal development journey, she went from a fearful people pleaser to saying yes to herself. And what that looks like is today she's living her dream of having a passionate career while giving back to holistic health providers that helped her on her own health journey. In this episode, you'll hear about how Kim overcame her fears to start a copywriting business using her existing gifts versus starting over from scratch. The most valuable takeaways and results she got out of coaching. And how she was able to create her first K client as an introvert. The thing for this episode is that your past experiences aren't a waste. You don't have to throw all that away or shove it under a rug when you go into entrepreneurship. You can make the most out of it, out of your old identity, whether it's your profession, your college education, the. Strengths you already have to start a business. There are a lot of gems within you already. You can be just as you are currently to make money. So, without further ado, let's dive in. And I'm gonna warn you that for my fast-forwarding podcast listening friends, you do not need to fast-forward on this one because I am talking very fast. All right, let's get to the episode. Hello, Kim. Welcome to the Arts Podcast. Yangshi, good to be here.、Um, I know we usually have our coaching sessions on Tuesday, so it's really fun to be here on a Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, day early. Yeah. So, like, I start with all my guests. Why don't you first tell us a bit about where you were and in terms of your career and in the context of before you got coaching. Sure. So I went to undergrad at UT Austin, where I majored in biochemistry. I was pre-med and thought that I wanted to become a neurosurgeon, just because it was something my parents wanted me to do, and I could probably make a lot of money doing that.、Um, I even took the MCAT twice, but then I realized,、um, like, this is not what I want to get into. I didn't want to dedicate that much time in schooling,、um, so I took a year off. After graduation, just to decide what I want to do with my career,、um, then I applied for grad school and I got my PhD in polymer science and engineering. And then now I'm working in industry at a nine-to-five job as、um, a postdoc and scientific researcher. Yeah, I had no idea you took the MCAT twice. Actually, I knew you were like PhD, took a lot of like had a lot of years in school, but I had no idea you. We're also going on the medical route. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot of pressure from my parents. I actually also used to be pre-med, which is a pretty fun story. <laughs> oh, interesting. But I left about about a semester and and you know experimented with a whole bunch of other majors.、Um, but yeah, so you have like all this pressure from parents, and you spend a lot of years in school. Like getting a PhD is definitely not. You know something that is like super easy, and it's seen as prestigious. So, how did you know that you might want to go into another career? Well, yeah. So it all started when I started the nine to five job, and I remember just sitting in my cubicle every day and waiting for it to be five o'clock so that I could leave and go home and or go to the gym and do something else.、Mm-hmm. Um, Days seem really mundane. 
Um, then I guess last year when the pandemic started, um, I had more time to just sit and think about what I wanted to do career-wise. I realized that I enjoyed writing a lot um, and decided to pursue a copywriting career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long did you like consider doing copywriting? Were you like in the limbo for a while? Um, did you have a moment where it was like, aha, okay, I'm just going to go for this, take the leap? Or was it less dramatic and, you know, it took a longer time? Oh, yeah. So I guess the period when I thought about copywriting and then actually started was like five months. Okay. Um, so I was contemplating on like just staying in industry and climbing the corporate ladder, but I realized like that's not the type of life that I want. Um, so I guess getting coaching with you really helped me to come up with, I guess, some more practical business steps, but also to do more importantly, the internal work um, with starting my business. I can't wait to dive deeper into that later. So why don't we share the story of like how you found me? Because I think it's so interesting. And at that point, were you, you know, looking for a coach? Um, did you already know you wanted to transition or like, how did it happen? Oh yeah, sure. So I was going through some like career coaches websites and one of them recommended the book Design Your Life by Bill Burnett. Um, and I did a lot of the exercises in it. And one that stood out to me was where I had to write about my work view versus my life view. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided one day to just Google like the topic work view versus life view and your medium article that you wrote like three years ago, it popped up. (laughs) Yeah, it was like 2018 or something. (laughs) Yeah, just crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember reading you say that you see work as like having fun. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, I could actually like have fun doing work. Um, And so after I found the article from you, it really resonated with me. So I searched for you on LinkedIn and read your about section. Um, I could see myself in what you were saying and decide to reach out to you. And I had never heard of coaching before that. Mm, That is so fun. Design Your Life is literally one of my favorite books. I recommended it to I recommend it to everyone. And I think it's so cool how, you know, back then when I wrote the article, I wasn't even um, like really thinking about building out my business back then I was just like kind of doing it for I think I wrote in 2017 actually and I was just kind of doing it for the heck of heck of doing it for the heck of sharing and it's just so cool how like your example of me being on the other side of where I am doing the things that I like doing right having fun like sharing these exercises (laughs) and um and then all of these like resources and pieces like come back to you later on when someone like a potential client like you stumbles upon it yeah it's really amazing yeah so when you got so you haven't heard of coaching before which is um pretty common for my clients I'm usually their first coach so what inspired you to get coaching with me and if there was like any hesitations and what you know um like compelled you to to work together with me oh yeah um so for me I didn't have too many hesitations actually I think it was mainly because I've been I didn't know it at the time but I was struggling for like years on trying to decide like what I want to do with my life how do I want to live my life um I don't need to follow like parental expectations I can do what I want with my life and before coaching, I was feeling really lost, but after talking with you in that consultation call, I don't know, I just felt like really confident that you'd be able to help me discover Mm. what to do. That's so awesome to hear. And I just love that you took the initiative of like reading that article that I wrote and then going to find me. Um, So let's talk about you starting your business, right? Like, what were some of your fears? And I know a big one for you was what if, you know, all my education like goes to waste? What if I have to start over? Oh yeah, that was definitely um, something that kind of made me hesitate about starting. Um, Also, I guess expectation society has with somebody that has a PhD. Mm -hmm. Like maybe 
Well, I'm thinking that society expects me to become a professor or like work in an industry job and climb up the corporate ladder or discover something novel in science. But um, really, I can use the skills that I learned in grad school and apply it to any kind of career. I know I talked with you and also my parents and um, they even said that a lot of times what you end up studying isn't what you'll end up doing full time anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, that will get, well, maybe we'll talk about the parent conversation oh, yeah. later on too. Um, Cause I know you had it like relatively recently. Um, yeah, it's so cool that you were able to find um, and make the connection of the existing resources and experience that you already had, because I know for a lot of people, um, changing from one career to another, and you change from like PhD in science to copywriting, which feels like totally different, right? So it can totally feel like you are just giving up on all the things that you worked on in the past. So how are you able to overcome that um, that hump, whether it was like a mindset shift and, or something else. Oh yeah. Um, so um, for me, it was definitely a mindset shift of, I guess, thinking about societal expectations and like, I don't, I don't need to follow them. Mm -hmm. um, also thinking about what skills do I have now that I can apply to my business. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, in with medical copywriting, I have to write content for doctors. Um, and I've been able to use the skills I learned in grad school about like reading scientific papers and tr um, translating them into general audience so that general audience can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, and you were able to craft a really compelling story from, from your past experiences, which is I know something that we worked on. So why don't you share with the audience about that pharmacy and a backpack, right? Because I think that's such like a compelling why, a compelling mission that you really couldn't have done it without going back into your past and like crafting those experiences and seeing what's already there and then taking that on like into your present. Oh yeah, sure. Um, so after thinking about my past, I realized in high school, I was always getting sick. Um, I lived in a dorm and um, yeah, I, I was constantly getting sick and I was just taking medicine, ho hoping that it would heal me. And I had this pharmacy in my backpack of like different medicines I would take, whether I had like a cough or like digestive issues. Um, but functional medicine or like treating your body holistically, um, I read a lot of or listened to a lot of talks and read some books about it and applying the knowledge that I learned from different doctors to my life. Um, at that time, it healed me and I no longer had to carry that medicine with me anymore. I was no longer getting sick. Mm. Yeah, so I think that really helped me to also decide to go into medical copywriting because I really wanted to give back to those doctors who helped me in my health journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like you actually didn't really have to have a, like a, you know, a hundred, a, a total, you know, a hundred percent shift in terms of um, becoming a medical copywriter. Like you already have those experiences, that personal experiences of um, working with holistic health doctors or learning from them. And now you get to apply that to help them. Yeah, I always remember too, young she went right when I started coaching, you already said the answers are already within myself. Mm. Um, you mm -hmm. just helped me to navigate that. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, why don't you share a little bit about um, how coaching has helped you? Um, and I think it's so cool that we're filming this when we're almost halfway through our um, six month coaching relationship. So um, if you could share a little about you know, how coaching has helped you in the first three months, because that was more like practical stuff. And then how coaching has helped you in this next round of the six months, which you mentioned earlier about the internal work that you've been doing. Oh, sure. Um, so the first three months was definitely more practical. 
Um, I didn't know how to start a copywriting business. Um, so you definitely helped me to navigate the practicalities of that, like getting my website started, also how to create clients and also build up my portfolio even before that. Um, and during the six months, it definitely is a lot more internal work. I realized that a lot of things I struggle with internally, like people pleasing or, um, yeah, people pleasing, I think is a really big one for me that can actually mm -hmm. come up on my client consult calls. Um, so mm -hmm. I guess dealing with those issues and the root cause of them has been really helpful. Yeah, so let's just dive deeper into each of them. Yeah, I remember when you were doing your, your first consult call, you, it was like, you were super nervous and, and you were still like relatively shy. Yeah, right. yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, but the cool thing is that like, I think you're such a great example of like, you just have to start, right? Like, even though it was imperfect, like you were still able to create clients from the console calls. Cause I think so many people think that I need to be an expert or I need to know a lot, or I need to be like a hundred percent confident. And it's like, you actually don't have to check all the boxes to be able to create clients. Oh yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of what we talk about too, I just have to be one step ahead of my clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did you create your first paid client? Yeah. Um, so I created my first paid client actually through a, a contact of mine. At the time, I was really scared to open up to, I guess, my immediate network about my copywriting business. Um, but I ended up reaching out to a friend and she, her sister is a doctor and she connected the two of us together. And that's how her sister became my first paid client. So cool. And I know it sounds so easy now in terms of, you know, I just like reached for a listener. It might seem like really easy and it is easy in a sense, but in terms of like, oh, I just reached out to a friend and she had a sister doctor and that's how I, how I, you know, created my first client and people might be thinking, okay, that's great for you, Kim, like not everybody has sister doctors, right? So um, why don't you, I am curious to hear kind of what, what was like a big block for you in terms of like reaching out to your immediate contact? Cause I know that's something that a lot of people have. And I see this all the time, my clients too, that it's actually pretty hard for them to kind of share what they're doing with their immediate network. Oh yeah. At the time I was really scared about like what my immediate network would think about what I was doing. Like after mm -hmm. I got my PhD, they all knew that I was moving um, to pursue a career in industry. And I thought that they were thinking I need, I was going to like climb the corporate ladder, but, um, I guess just telling them that I was going to pursue copywriting. Um, it just made me nervous to think about what they would say. Mm, mm. It kind of like ties into the people pleasing aspect, right? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what thought helped you help you do it anyways, even though you might be like really scared of people's judgment. Because I think when we take courageous actions, it's not because the fear, there's lack of fear, right? It's not because like the fear isn't there. It's because it's there and we do it anyways. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely acting on it. Um, so the thought I had was how can I be of service to my friend's sister? Or I shifted my mentality, I guess, to mm. um, I need to get a paid client to what can I do to actually help this person? Mm, that's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's like when you're so inner focused, your whole world kind of constricts, right? And it's like, how can I get, get, get? Um, but I think oftentimes for us who are, you know, want to start our own creative businesses and um, we go into this field because we want to help people. And so when you think about, okay, who are the people that I can help? Then it just like totally opens up your world. And you think about um, your immediate network as well as outer ones. And then it's like, it's almost like, okay, people might have judgment about me, but my desire to help people is greater. 
And so that kind of like over overshadows the judgment part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. And what, what about your first thousand dollar client? Since we're going to be this podcast and this series of episodes is to really, you know, dive into um, money and normalizing the conversations about money and showing how it's like possible for Asians and women of color. How, how are you able to create your first thousand dollar client? Oh, yeah. Um, so I created my first thousand dollar client by just reaching out to her um, first on Instagram and then through email. Yeah. So with her, I ended up, it was just like a general conversation I was having and giving her recommendations with her website. Mm, okay. So it's like you um, dipping back into the service mode again helped create this. Yeah, it did. And how is that feeling? I mean, a thousand dollar client is like a huge deal. I talk about this all the time, but it literally took me a whole year, <laughs> my first year of business when I was doing it by myself to make like a thousand dollars, but it was more like 986 or something like that. But so it's just so amazing to see you and my clients now. They're doing it like within, you know, three months and or, or within that range. Oh yeah, it felt amazing. I'm sure it felt like if I could make a thousand dollars, like I, I could do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really helped to empower me about my skills. Mm. What were what were some mindset shifts that helped you, um, cr- to create your first thousand dollar client? I'm just thinking about for all the listeners out there who feels like this is really out of reach, like this is a really big deal. Um, I'm curious for you what kind of um, obstacles that you had to overcome to like get to this point where you feel one, feel good about charging thousand dollars and to be, to be able to create this client. Well, yeah. So there are a number of shifts. Um, Definitely one of them ties in with the first one, just coming from a place of service when I'm on a consult call and not thinking like, oh, I need to sign this person or this person needs to become my client. Mm-hmm. So less of that like graspy or pushy salesy energy, right? Yeah. Um, I know even before I signed my 1K client too, I was a little disappointed because some of the consult calls I was having, um, people weren't becoming clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely coming from that place of service helped a lot. Mm, what were you doing on, do you remember what you were doing on those calls before when like people weren't saying yes? Oh, um, people weren't saying yes. Yeah, I think during the whole call, I was just having a lot of pressure on myself and just telling myself, even while they're talking to me, like this person has to become my client. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really listening to their needs and how I could be of service to them. Yeah. I remember coaching you around like really deeply listening or you're asking me like, how do I deeply listen? I remember coaching you around that and then um, seeing how you were trying to, um, like come up with the answers ahead of time or anticipate the, what they were going to say next, right? And that really takes the yeah. presence out of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah. What else helped you in terms of shifts? Maybe like one more. You know, I like to do threes, but we'll, we'll just do one more. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, I know one shift I had, and you mentioned it too, was just thinking like I have clients everywhere Mm. or like I have a hundred clients waiting for me. I think at the time um, I was feeling a little discouraged um, before making this 1k client about people signing with me Um, but just knowing that my skills are needed and there's people out there who need them was was life-changing. Yeah believing that like you have clients everywhere no matter if it's on no matter what platform it's on, right? Whether it's on like LinkedIn or Instagram and that there are, you know, at least a hundred holistic health doctors out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And 
So let's shift more into the six month period that we um, are working together. And how has like people pleasing shifted for you? Like, how are you like in the beginning of coaching? And how are you like now? Oh, yeah. Um, so before coaching, I was really consumed about just following like society expectations, parental expectations, and not really following what I want to do um, with my life. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I'm learning to just embrace um, what I love and yeah, I guess just putting, putting my, prioritizing my needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how has that showed up in your business? Like in terms of how you're showing up in business or how are you, how you're running and how you're running your business? So I know assertiveness was something I really wanted to work on too. And just not being scared to say something or even suggest something to a client. Um, I know one thing we talked about too was um, thinking that maybe a client could get angry at me if I were to say something that mm, I think would upset them, but really would be beneficial for them. Mm, yeah, like expressing your opinion, right? I think so much of business is also like an expression of ourselves, whether we're showing up on social media or just expressing our passions. So it's really cool to see you being able to do that and and be more bold in your communication. Yeah. (laughs) And you also have a hard conversation with your parents. Oh yeah, I did. How did that go? Oh, um, so it went better than I expected. I remember we talked about how sometimes our brains, they can kind of predict the worst circumstances that are going to happen, but really reality plays out differently than what our brains are telling us. Um, So when I opened up to my parents about wanting to pursue copywriting full time, I was expecting them to not support me and to get upset. Um, And the talk with them ended up going better they were really actually open to me pursuing a career and being my own boss. Mm. Yeah, I know this is like a big fear that you had in the beginning. Like, what would my parents say? And I remember you like kind of bringing up to them once before and now fully expressing that to them. And it's just so cool you seeing, um, you know, your what you predict might happen, your predictions versus reality right and and doing that experiment where you can see okay whatever my brain comes up with is usually like super dramatic and super on the pessimistic side then versus the evidence of what actually happens in reality yeah I remember too Yangshi when I talked to them at first I was even um like waiting for a long time to talk to them Mm -hmm. um But I learned, I guess, even when it comes to our relationships with friends, it's important to have those hard conversations and bring stuff up because after you have the conversation, it normally plays out better than you think it will. And you also release like that tension in the relationship too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that you're applying it not to just your business, but with your parents and with other relationships too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm also curious for you, um, as as a woman of color, what difficulties did you face in your business, and you know how did you approach them? Like it can be super big or you know super small. Oh yeah, one thing for me I think was just not seeing enough women of color. I guess in my specific position as a copywriter. I guess a lot of the ones that are well-known in industry, they're, they're not women of color. And I wish that there was just more representation. Mm-hmm. One thing that helped though was, I know in terms of Asians, Youngshi, um, you told me about like the Asian Hustle Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I'm sure there's other communities out there for people of color. Mm-hmm. 
and just reading other people's stories and being inspired inspired um, was really helpful. Mm, yeah, I remember that was super helpful to you during those like um, periods of lows that that you had, <laughs> and then yeah. coming to me with, "Oh my gosh, should I even do copywriting?" <laughs> and then you know, a while later, it's like, "Okay, I created my first one K client." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I just I, I think it's so important to highlight that this journey isn't like a straight line, right? So oftentimes um we all have lows before we have highs. And it's cool that sometimes you can't even predict like when your one king client will be like based on, you know, look at the week before. And that way you can just, you know, create from possibility versus probability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of concrete results, um, what kind of results were you able to create after three months? And what results were you able to create after six months? Oh, sure. Um, So in my business, the first three months, I was able to start my business. So we built up my portfolio. I learned how to create clients. We built and we built my website and also did a lot of the internal work too. Mm. Yeah. And then, yeah, during the six months, I was able to, um, yeah, I was able to make back my investment with coaching and create even more clients that um, are with me long, for a long term. Also, a lot more internal work was done and I was able to have hard conversation with my parents. Mm, super awesome. Yeah, I guess just imagine and also about to live my life of wanting that I've always wanted of being an entrepreneur full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that it only took you three months to make like a full transition, right? Because you were in um, you're in like PhD science for so long and like all those years and it's like that's so totally okay all those years we took what we needed out of them in terms of the direction you want to go into your story the specific skill sets and you were able to turn around in just three months that it still amazes me to this day oh yeah just thinking like five years versus three months mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah so it just shows that you know it really doesn't matter how many years of experience you've had in one specific thing before like it's not sunk cost right like you're always able to take take what you need and really use that as fuel for your next creative business your next career i'm curious also to hear um what did you find was there anything that you found like surprising about coaching that you weren't expecting? Oh, I know one thing was I didn't think that a lot of the internal work that I needed to do would come out like with when it came to talking to clients mm. on a consult call. Mm. Yeah, can you talk deeper into that? What are a couple of things that would come up for you? I know we kind of briefly mentioned it before, but just so that others can have a sense of what you're talking about. Oh, sure. Um, so the people pleasing like we talked about was one of them. I didn't know that those tendencies of mine could come up on a consult call. Okay, she thinks. Um, so also, just being willing to be curious and ask questions. I think I was really scared to speak up on consult calls. Um, so it was really helpful to do that. Mm, yeah, and like trusting yourself that you have things to say, right? That like you can totally make recommendations you are co-creating with a person on a call. Oh, yes. Yeah, the co-creation part was big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love what you said about the internal work too, because when I first got into business, I had no idea that so many other things were going to come up like money beliefs and for me it was also people pleasing right and like worthiness enoughness so as a like a big fan of personal development um it was really cool that like I got to work on my business as well as those aspects I couldn't just you know hide them away because they get amplified in the business so I actually really had to 
like look at them and resolve them and heal them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know we had multiple conversations too, actually about money and self-worth. Mm-hmm. So those are big ones too. How did money or what role did money play um, for you in terms of like charging? Because I know that's a big, big thing for people who want to start getting paid, right? They're doing amazing work. They're doing it for free. Um, what like money belief got in the way for you when you were first um, thinking about charging or trying to charge? Um, a money belief that I have was just I, or I can't charge for my services. Um, that was a big one. Yeah, why not? Oh, um, I guess I was just thinking that what I was doing would maybe be something that wouldn't be of too much value for my client. Mm. I was also thinking like, why would they want to pay me for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know later on with coaching too, we've gone through me having to increase my prices too. And I was nervous to tell my current clients that I had raised my prices because I was scared I was going to lose them as a client. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how are you able to, how are you able to shift that belief, uh, the money belief of basically, you know, I don't think what I have now is enough. I don't know if I'm going to like, I don't know if I have enough value. How, how are you able to take that first step? in actually charging charging for your services? Oh, yeah. I think I had to come to the conclusion that um, not everyone is my ideal client. I didn't have to say yes to everything and everybody. Mm. Um, so just being comfortable with saying no if somebody didn't want to pay me for my services. Mm. Um, and what helped you take that step to like actually offer like offer your paid services? Oh, sure. Um, for me, I, I know that when I was doing stuff for free, it did take up a lot of time. Um, and time is very valuable with business. So I think just realizing that writing something for like six or seven hours, um, I realized, oh, it's worth charging for. Like kind of believing in that enough that you're like, okay, I'm going to charge for this. This is how much it costs. Yeah, <laughs> or they just don't have time to do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like really valuing our time. And I also remember a shift for you um, was seeing how your gifts, like your current strengths, just because it comes easily to you, doesn't mean that it doesn't, doesn't mean that it also comes easily to other people, right? Like you might really love writing, but these doctors might not. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's really good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you like recognizing that like, hey, I'm actually really good at this and it does come easily to me, but that doesn't mean that like easy doesn't mean that it's not valuable. And this actually ties into a conversation we had recently of you're also coming from this belief that like um, to to get paid, um, like I need to work so many hours right kind of like hard work equals success yeah yeah I know we talked about that especially since like with school you we tend to think you have to study a lot in order to get a good grade or at work you need to work a certain number of hours to get paid x dollars um so yeah that was a big shift for me that um in business I want to do things that are easeful for myself but can also benefit clients and yeah, if something comes easy to me, it's okay to charge. Mm, yeah, that is that is really, really good. Um, and just catching that belief is so important too, because when you're coming from that belief, then it's like you're making it complicated for yourself. Yeah. Right? You're like spending all this time, like trying to rack up more hours in order to like give value when value isn't, isn't always dependent on the amount of hours. So what would you say is like one of the most valuable things that you got out of coaching so far? Oh yeah, I know one thing for me, I know we did a lot of work about like how our thoughts can influence our feelings and behaviors. Um, And then just realizing that things are, can sometimes just be a circumstance. 
um, was really powerful for me in coaching. Yeah. Do you have an example that you can share with listeners? Oh, sure. Um, I can give a recent one that we went over in coaching. Yeah, um, go for it. So um, even my feelings can be a circumstance. Mm. So I can feel overwhelmed. Um, a lot of people do, mm-hmm. but that's a circumstance. But it's my thoughts around that that can influence how I feel. Mm. Yeah. So let's just explain this a little bit more to the other people who are listening. So um, what were your typical thoughts around feeling overwhelmed? Oh, yeah. Um, So some thoughts I had about feeling overwhelmed were, oh, I have too much to do. It's not possible to do them. Um, And I guess I shifted that thought into just becoming like curious about, oh, why, why am I feeling overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you were having those thoughts about maybe I have like too much to do, right? Well, what result did that lead to? Oh yeah. Um, The result was just, I wouldn't get anything done and I would procrastinate Mm. um, because I was feeling all this anxiousness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then what happened when you were actually being curious about your feelings and your emotions? What was the result of that? Um, So first I, I was able to, I guess, sit with that feeling um, and just be comfortable feeling uncomfortable, Mm. but but also taking like proactive steps too. Like when I'm, I was feeling curious. So I was able to take steps in order to, I guess, eventually remove that anxiety I was feeling. Mm. Yeah. And the anxiety kind of dissipated on its own, right? Like you weren't trying to sweep it under the rug or battle with it. You were just saying like, okay, what is this telling me? And it led to this, this, and that. And then the result of what happened was like that because your thoughts create your feelings um, because you were curious that the overwhelm, the overwhelm circumstance feeling kind of just like went off, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our thoughts are really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, I, which is why I love incorporating mindset work into into coaching because I think especially for Asians, we are used to not feeling our emotions, um, right? Or mm-hmm. yeah, like just kind of letting it dictate whatever. Like feeling overwhelmed. Okay, this is a bad feeling. I remember something that we also talked about was how there's no like good or bad feelings, right? Like feeling overwhelmed doesn't have to be good or bad. Feeling anger doesn't have to be good or bad. Yeah, it's a lot different than what we're taught or I guess what we grew up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I hope that the listeners can also start to kind of see that and start like um, rewiring their brain and start unlearning. So what would you say to the Kim that just started coaching? Um, I think when we started, it was around October. Wait, actually earlier than October. Oh yeah, we started the three months in July. It was in July, yeah. yes, yes. So if you're talking to the Kim from July, like what, what can you not believe that you're able to do now? Yeah, I know with the Kim in July, she was feeling overwhelmed and a little bit lost with life. Um, And the Kim now um, is just really excited about what's up ahead. Um, And I feel confident about creating clients and knowing that I can use life experiences and also the skills I learned from the past, they weren't a waste. I can use them to even today in my business. Mm, So good. It's like going back to that you have those resources within you, right? Like you're kind of never really alone in this. Yeah, definitely. Before we wrap up, uh, we have a couple questions left. And I think this is so fun to celebrate you on is the current situation that you are in, um, which to 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 the Kim from July, maybe it would have been like a terrible position to be in, right? But now it's like, 
Oh my gosh, this is really awesome. So (laughs) before I share any more details, why don't, why don't you share that situation? Oh, sure. Um, So right now I'm doing a postdoc and if people don't know what that is, it's just like extra training you can get after your PhD before you go into like full-time work. Um, And my postdoc is ending in May. Um, Right now, though, I've had more time. I already completed all the work for my postdoc. So I have more time now to just focus on my business and um, just prepare to go into it full-time. Yeah. So it's like, they were going to let you go. And if you didn't start this business while you were at your nine to five, then it would have been, you would have felt lost and confused and wouldn't have to, you know, like get another job and be in all of that feeling. Um, but now I think it's so cool. Like now we're celebrating that they're letting you go. Right. Cause you already have something set up and you've been thinking about going full time and now, um, kind of like the faster let you go, the faster he can be full time. Yeah. How does it feel to be in this position? I feel like you're just so, so in control, so in power of, of your future. Like you are, it's so resilient, anti-fragile, kind of like it could have been a terrible situation, but now it's like the best situation ever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very empowering. At first, I was like a little nervous. I know we went through mindset work about that um, and exchanging time for money. Um, but now, yeah, I feel empowered that I can create clients and also generate income while enjoying what I actually do and doing something that I love. Mm, so good. Um, so what are some of your favorite resources that you would want to share with people for for those of them who also want to you know start their own creative businesses well yeah so definitely the book we talked about design your life by bill Burnett. um also i have um this start today journal um it's basically a journal where at the very beginning you do like a meditation just thinking about like your ideal life and you write down um, five things you're grateful for every day, 10 goals you want to achieve in life, and then one thing that you're currently focusing on right now. Yeah, and I guess another book I like is called The One Thing by Gary Keller. Mm, I've heard great things about that Oh book. yeah, I tend to be very multi-passionate and I also um, like to multitask, but that book really helped me to I guess just focus in on one thing. Um, for me, it's it was my copywriting business and then just getting that started. Awesome. Um, and what's one piece of concrete advice do you have for people, um, especially specifically for a woman of color who are looking to become entrepreneurs themselves? Oh yeah. Um, one piece of advice would be just Oh, it sounds a little cliche, but just to go for it, you don't need to have all the tools you need right now. I know one thing I struggled with was comparing myself to people who built businesses that are like 10 years old, five to 10 years old, but really um, you can start with where you are and the tools that you have, um, gain resources along the way. Um, but, and also it's never too late to start too. Um, I know for me, I was thinking that grad school was a waste, Um, but it's okay that I started after grad school. I'm able to use the skills I learned in grad school now in my business. Yeah, because I remember you telling me, Youngshi, I wish I found you before I went to grad school, right? Then I wouldn't have to go through so many years. And it's like, it's like, actually, no, like grad school gave you what you need right now. It's like perfect timing. Uh, something quickly, I just want to quickly bring up is because um, I think the imagery will be so good for the audience is is your tendency to like over research, right? I oh. so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this goes so good with your advice is um, I remember being shocked at this that um, like you were researching like for a couple of hours just to go to like a park and you're like watching the YouTube videos of how it looked like. <laughs> Or it was, it was a hike, right? Yeah, it was a hike. <laughs> yeah, and now we definitely shifted that. <laughs> um, 
but it just reminds me of like so many people who are like um I'm gonna spend years at a startup before I start my own business or I'm gonna like read tons of books watch tons of YouTube videos to be prepared to do all that research before um before I you know do my business and it just really reminds me of how you were like yeah um researching so much kind of takes the the magic and the serendipity out of it right because you're trying to over plan you're trying to overdo everything and then when someone something doesn't go or look the same as like what you found on google images and it's kind of a, a letdown right yeah it is <laughs> yeah so I think I think your advice is so great that like listeners they can just um pick up the resources as they go their path doesn't have to look a specific way they don't need to do tons of research oh yeah I know Awesome. So how can um, people reach out to you, whether they want, they would love to get more advice from you, um, especially if they're in the same boat as you in terms of like grad school or PhD, um, and or if they are holistic doctors or no holistic doctors and they want to check out your business? I'm sure. So I'm most active on Instagram. Um, So my username is copywithkim. And people can also go to my website, kimdegracia.com. They can learn more about me and my services and also my story. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for coming on this podcast today. It's just been such an amazing journey to see you transform from, you know, who you were in July to like having a full out business now. Such an honor, such a pleasure. And yeah, I'm sure the audience is going to get so much out of um, all the insights that you shared here today. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for everything, Yangshi. You're so welcome. And I'll see the rest of you next week.